Welcome back to Rough in the Basket. I am your host, Noah Burnt, accompanied, as always, by my co-host, Brandon Carr. Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, but a little bit sad at the same time because this is it. This is the last division breakdown, record predictions, preview episode. We've done all the divisions. We have the NFC West today as our last one. But again, like I've said before at the start of every single episode, if you haven't already gone and go listen to the other episodes, go do it now. Binge them. The NFL season, as we're recording this, is starting this week with Thursday Night Football with a team that we'll, we will be talking about in this episode, the Rams going up against the Bills. But I'm very excited that football starting, though. But again, go check out all those division previews and predictions and breakdown episodes that we've done. But this is it, the last one, Noah. I'm excited to get into it. Hey, I'm not that disappointed, man, just because, you know, NFL season right along uh, right yeah. along this, this week. I mean, at the end of the week, bro, we got NFL – uh, Thursday night, I believe, is the first game. If you ask me who's playing, I have no idea. Do you know who's playing Thursday night? Rams and Bills. Rams and Bills. Yeah. All right. This is gonna, it's going to be a good game. Good start of the season. I feel like that Thursday night game, the first one, is always, like, top-notch. And there's just some, like, mediocre games in there, like Jags <laughs> and, like, I don't know, like Jets or some some crap like oh, that. Yeah. You always get those, like, the Jags playing, like, the Titans and they're on Thursday night football. But this could be the game of the year. Like, I mean, it has, like, that – potential with two teams that one one just won the Super Bowl and another that could absolutely make it to the Super Bowl but enough about that we got to get into this we have we're we talking about the Rams in this episode but we also got the 49ers the Cardinals and the Seahawks to talk about but we will start with the Seahawks because they have the lowest Vegas win total at six right now yeah so I feel like I'm always starting off so I actually want to hear your thoughts on the Seahawks because I mean they're uh, not looking too hot this year yeah, so, I mean, we could start right off with their quarterback situation. They, I would say they have one of the worst quarterback situations. Obviously, Russell Wilson, franchise quarterback. He's been there for his entirety of, the, of his career. They shipped him off to Denver, and now you're starting Geno Smith. He's got the starting job over Drew Locke, so that's kind of your quarterback room at this point. And to be quite honest with you, like, I'm not – too enthralled by it but I do think the Seahawks have besides losing Russell Wilson have kind of improved in some areas you kind of look at it the running back room I think is honestly pretty underrated at this point Rashad Penny is someone who at the end of last season was so dominant if you remember Noah he had that stretch where he had like 130 plus yards in like four out of his last five games so he was on a tear and he kind of showed, like, hey, he was a first-round pick. He was dealing with some injuries. There was a lot of things going on with him, but he kind of settled in. And once Chris Carson kind of went down, he found a role, and he dominated in his role. Rashad Penny was one of the best running backs in the league at that point, and I drafted him in fantasy literally last night. So I'm kind of expecting him to continue his upward trajectory. Ken Walker, he's been dealing with a hernia injury, so they may want to keep him kind of on the back shelves and let – Rashad Penny eat. Rashad Penny's on one on a one-year contract right now, so I'm, they're probably going to feed him the ball. Seattle with Pete Carroll's philosophy, you know, kind of a run-first team. So you're going to see a lot of that. You still have Tyrell Lockett. You still have DK Metcalf, who are two very good wide receivers, obviously. Noah Fant. Uh, I'm kind of a fan of his. He was a former first-round pick with uh, TJ Hawkinson, your guy from the Lions. They both were on the same team at Iowa. They were both first-round picks. 
And I think the Seahawks offensive line, honestly, kind of improved a little bit. Charles Cross has been someone who they drafted in the first round this year, who's been having a great preseason. Abraham Lucas is a guy they drafted in day two, and he's had a really good preseason as well. So Seattle might have their two future franchise tackles now, which <laughs> they're a little bit late on that since Russell Wilson's gone, but they did end up kind of filling in those holes there. Their defense is not very good, but they do have some good players like Quandre Diggs was, a, I believe, an all pro last season. Jamal Adams, you know, he's had kind of a downward spiral to his career, but he's still a pretty solid, strong safety uh, in terms of being kind of a box safety. He's kind of really good at that. He's not the best in coverage, but obviously he's a good tackler. He can do those types of things for you. And Seattle has some pretty good rookies. I do like Tariq Woolen. I hope that he gets some playing time. He was kind of a project pick. Uh, they picked him, I think, like day three or day two. Uh, he's someone who could end up breaking out this season. They have some pretty decent players, but I don't think that they're going to be a team that I see very, you know, making a, like a playoff run. But I do think Pete Carroll is a, still a pretty good head coach. They still have some good players on this team where they could be competitive. I think they'll win six games and maybe that's a little bit high. Like I know some people could think they could finish with like four or five wins, but I do feel like that they'll find ways to win games. Like Geno Smith, he's not a great quarterback, but he's someone who can manage the game, I think pretty well and not make too many. I mean, he'll make some mistakes. Obviously we've seen him do it, but he's a veteran. He's been in the NFL for a long time now. I think he'll kind of just be a game manager and maybe Seattle can get some victories. Again, they have a very good running game. They have two very good wide receivers. Their offensive line's better. Defensively, I think they're a little bit better than they were last season. But again, is that going to be enough to make a playoff run or win this division? I don't think so. I think they should be sitting firmly at the bottom of this division. And I think six wins is kind of where I see them. They won seven games last season. So they'll drop down to one more loss and be at six wins. Yeah, I'm not that impressed by this team at all. Um, again, like you mentioned, I mean, they finally upgraded the offensive line, but they kind of did that after their franchise quarterback moved on. So a little bit late uh, by Seattle, probably should have done that about four years ago if they wanted to keep Russell Wilson long-term, satisfied long-term, I should say. Um, and now they got Geno Smith, which, to be honest with you, I think the one of the biggest um, disappointments of the offseason is the fact that Drew Locke couldn't win this job. Mm. It's just, I mean, it's kind of a career killer. I mean, when you really think about Drew Locke and just the downward turn he had. I remember the first year, I actually had a lot of hope for him because I remember he started, I think, four games with the Broncos. And I think they won like three or four of those games, all four of them, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. He had something like good. seven touchdowns, three interceptions. Looked pretty solid. Looked like uh, he was a you know, a stable quarterback. And then the following season, he just was terrible. And then, uh, you know, as we know, he didn't win the starting job last year. And now this year he is uh, with Seattle and he didn't win the starting job again. And it's like, he had a head coach that said that you would have been one of the talent, most talented, uh, you know, QBs in this year's draft draft class, if he was a part of it. Um, but then again, maybe that was more of a stab at the draft class and coming draft class than a compliment to Drew Locke. I guess we'll never know. But the the main point here is that, you know, throughout the offseason, we thought they would upgrade their QB situation, maybe add somebody else in the picture that did not happen. And Geno Smith is a quarterback. And I like I'm not going to absolutely knock on Geno Smith because he 
you know, he had those two seasons with the Jets, uh, weren't very good. I mean, I actually just looked it up. He went eight and eight with the Jets his first season, but that's really accredited to the defense and just their overall team effort. Cause I mean, he had like 12 touchdowns and 21 interceptions. So he wasn't that great last season with Seattle Seahawks, even though he wasn't an exciting quarterback uh, and they went one and two with him as a starter. He had five touchdowns, had one interception, was able to connect with DJ Metcalf uh, for touchdowns several times, which I guess is a positive, but was a little bit inconsistent. I mean, I think like the upside for him isn't really all that much there, but I think maybe like a realistic um, positive season for him would be maybe like 20 touchdowns and like eight, seven interceptions if he can keep it low. But, you know, a negative season for him could look like, you know, uh, 14 touchdowns, 13 touchdowns and 20 interceptions. Basically what he had his rookie season with the Jets. Um, you know, they're, they're running backs are, um, I mean, obviously, Rashad Penny, what he's been able to do with this team is actually pretty incredible because, I mean, a year ago throughout the season, I mean, he was being called the bust. And then the last like three, four games of the season, he just kind of came out of nowhere and looked like Adrian Peterson in his prime, essentially pretty wild. Uh, they drafted another running back, you know, drafted the guy out of Michigan State, which is a really awesome Kenneth Walker. Um, you know, I'm I'm not really that enthused about them just because I think, you know, 49ers are probably going to beat them both games. Rams are probably going to beat them both games. And even the Cardinals, I mean, they're, they're, they're probably going to win both games against the Seahawks. Maybe the Seahawks come on top with one of those, but they're probably going to go one and five interdivision. And then from there, their schedule, from what I've seen, doesn't really look that promising. I say overall, um, realistically, I think this is the year that they're just going to be completely down. I think Pete Carroll is probably going to be done there after the season. And uh, unfortunately, one of those situations where you are a hero, but then, you know, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. So, <laughs> you know, a lot of fans were even calling for him to be fired last season, if you remember. And they were, you know, good for years, but kind of choked in the playoffs a few times and, um, I mean, now they don't have Russell Wilson, don't have a franchise quarterback, and I think that's going to affect them, you know, and I, I don't see this team having that much hope. I'm going to go with the under here. I'm going to say they get four wins and be looking for a QB in this upcoming class. And luckily it's a pretty good quarterback class, but yeah, I I mean, I have them winning a couple more games, but I'm just not very high on the team either, but they do have some pretty good skill position players. I do wonder, though, if we'll, we will see Drew Locke at some point this season. Maybe they kind of want to see what they have in him. But I thought Drew Locke, I think he was someone I was pretty high on as well. And obviously, he just hasn't really panned out for him. He's got a lot of great – he's got a, a wealth of arm talent. Like, his arm is very strong. It's honestly probably one of the better ones in the league. But he just – there's just a lot of, like, the the mechanics and the decision-making and those types of things that he needs to kind of work on. And he really hasn't been able to figure that out. So it's kind of stinks to see that, but yeah, Seattle, I'm not very high on them. And it could be the end of Pete Carroll's right, uh, time in Seattle as their head coach. I could see it. He's someone I feel like has kind of held Russell Wilson back throughout his career because they're just a, a run first offense and Russell Wilson, he's someone that I think, you know, if you let him cook, like that was a whole thing. And then it kind of died off a little bit and Russell Wilson kind of fell off a little bit that season. But I mean, Seattle's offense was so explosive when they were just letting Russell Wilson throw the ball. I feel like Pete Carroll kind of held him back from doing that because he wants to run the ball so much, but 
I'm not sure. I think it could be it could be the end for PKL in Seattle. It could happen. He's getting up there in age. I think he's one of the oldest head coaches in the NFL. I don't know if he's older than Bill Belichick, but I would assume it's pretty close. So maybe he decides to retire uh, at the end of the season if things don't go well. But yeah, just not very high on the Seahawks as well. So I just have them winning six games though. Yeah. Uh, see, the thing is with the Seahawks, I think it's more of a cautionary tale of how quick things can change in the NFL because about a year ago, I mean, we both had Russell Wilson as the MVP winner and then obviously yeah. it didn't happen. I He didn't have a bad season necessarily. You look at those numbers. I think he had someone like 25 touchdowns, five interceptions or something like that, but was injured. Um, it, there was some inconsistent play, even though the numbers won't really reflect that. If you look at the week by week, there were some games where he had like 200 yards, zero touchdowns and zero interceptions. And there was some games where he kind of balled out. So uh, a little bit of both. But um, point being is that, man, this is the NFL and a lot can change in a very short amount of time. And this is really what we saw with the Seahawks a year ago. They were looking like they, they might have another, you know, Super Bowl run in them, potentially. That was their, at least their cap, you know, that was their ceiling. And unfortunately, they hit their floor. And now this year, their floor is a lot lower than it was last season. So, um, yeah, like you said, though, this QB class for them, uh, they do have hope uh, because, you know, this QB class 2023 is crazy. I don't know if you've watched some college football this weekend. Oh, no, you God, probably yeah. did Dude, I'm just telling you, man, Bryce Young, bro, he's legit. I, I really believe he's legit, even though he was facing like Samford or whatever, a pathetic college, Utah State. Utah I don't State. even know what, something like that, right? Utah State, yeah. That's Utah State, right. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was one of those like low, low-level schools, um, college football-wise, you know, obviously no, no hate towards Utah State, but, you know, it's just – you're not going to be Alabama. I'm sorry. You're going to lose like 66 to nothing or whatever it was. So, um, yeah, but they got CJ Stroud, obviously in that class, they got, uh, Will Levis, you know, a guy who likes to put mayonnaise in his coffee. So, you know, we, we got a lot of, uh, interesting QBs in this upcoming class. Richardson, so. Who looks really good this week. Jordan, uh, Travis last night looks really good for Florida state. So there's going to be some people that rise up, but yeah, Seattle can find their quarterback in the draft. That's probably what they're going to end up targeting maybe they try trading up if they do finish with a record where they don't where they can't get a guy like cj stroud or bryce young or whoever may skyrocket up to that point but yeah it's going to be not a great season for the seahawks but i do think they could be competitive in some games and maybe they kind of upset some teams but yeah they're not very high on them yeah what about their defense you see anything good on their their defense yeah, I mean, like what I was saying, I mean, Jamal Adams really is kind of falling off a little bit, more so of a box safety nowadays. Quandre Diggs, like I said, is a very good player. I think he was an all-pro last season, but they have some pretty decent rookies like Kobe Bryant, um, Tariq Woolen, not the Kobe Bryant from the Lakers. I know people, people are like, wait, what? But there's a guy who was drafted from the Cincinnati Bearcats. Um, they have some players that could play, but like it's a unit where – they were, I think last season or two years ago, they were historically bad secondary. So it should be a little bit better if these rookies can kind of come in and contribute, but not a great unit though, overall. Yeah, bro. That's pretty wild. They got a guy named Kobe Bryant. I saw last week when we we're, or two weeks ago, when we we're going over the Washington commanders, there's a guy on the Ross named Chris Paul and there's two Josh <laughs> Allens in the NFL. So just, I mean, I guess when you have, you know, 53 man Rosses, 16 man practice squads, and then, you have, uh, you know, a bunch of other 
teams and, and, and players out there trying to vie for those positions, you're going to have some very interesting uh, name combinations, I we guess. Got, but... We got a Michael Jackson in the NFL. I'm sure we'll have a LeBron James one day. So we'll you know, I'm just waiting for a Noah Burns to show up in the NFL. <laughs> there was uh, a Brandon then... Carr in the NFL, if you remember him from the Cowboys. Like, yeah, I'll... yeah. Yep. You're right, man. Dude, that's a common name. We knew we knew somebody else named Brandon Carr. But we're, we're going to change the topic. So uh... <laughs> It's the Cardinals. You would think that they're going to be a lot more promising than the Seahawks. You would think. Now, I want to tell you a little bit of a story. So I went out golfing with TJ Alvin, a.k.a. The Provider, a.k.a. CTW Wrestling, and the Internet Champ or, you know, whatever he calls himself these days. Um, <laughs> everything's a storyline. And then, um, you know, <laughs> and then uh, Jason Pombo, the Daily Goat founder, you know, and uh, me and Jason actually had like a full talk afterwards about the Cardinals and he mentioned like you know something I don't see them getting more than six wins this year and I was like dude are you you good man you know were you like out drinking on the course like you know throwing back some like nips or something and I just didn't notice or like you know you good and uh then you know he explained to me why and it actually makes a lot of sense now if you look at their 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 schedule this year it's actually way more competitive than people think and they also do not have uh, DeAndre Hopkins for six weeks. Uh, Kyler Murray just signed a huge extension. Maybe he's not going to play as well as he did in previous years. They've had their collapses over the last few seasons. I mean, you look at just last season alone. I mean, they were uh, – I forgot what they started out at. As I think they were like 7-1, and 8-2, and two, something seven like that. 7-0, I think. 7-0, yeah. So they were, they were hot. They were hot coming out. And then I think they finished with like 10 wins or something like that. They completely fell apart. They fell off the face of the, the earth. You know, you're bad when you're losing the Detroit Lions by 21 points. I mean, you know, you're not a good team. So they were kind of faking it the entire time. Um, I mean, if you really want to say that, but uh, the, the thing about the Cardinals, you know, their schedule, I'm pulling that up right now. And uh, so I'm just going to read out the schedule, right? Because, we went through this, me and Jason, and I was like, dude, what? They're, they're not going to get above seven wins. And all right, Chiefs. Chiefs are the, their week one opponent. Second week, Raiders. Third week, Rams. And then they got Panthers, Eagles, Seahawks, Saints, Vikings, uh, Seahawks, Rams. I mean, obviously, got to face them. 49ers, Chargers, Patriots, Broncos, Buccaneers. And Falcons and 49ers. I mean, that's that's a lot of games that I really don't think are really winnable for them necessarily. Uh, I I think Kyler Murray may have some kind of regression this year. Maybe he's, you know, not that great. Uh, I, I don't want to say not that great. I mean, I think he's still going to be a good, solid quarterback in the league. But I, I do have some questions about the rest of the offense, about the defense. Um, especially with that schedule, that schedule is crazy. I think it's one of the hardest schedules in the NFL this year. I don't know if that's a fact or not, but just look, reading that out, I mean, it is not an easy, easy uh, time or a fun time this year to be a Cardinals fan. Just off of that alone, I mean, after going through the win losses and that whole schedule, I had them at about seven wins, seven and 10, realistically. So I'm going to have to go the under here, um, which is shocking. I think next season they will bounce back, but I think this year is going to be a down year for the Cardinals. I mean, yeah, I'm kind of right around that same area. I have them winning eight games, so eight and nine. And last season, they won 11 games. They kind of – maybe if you want to say ex exceeded expectations, sure. But this is a team that – they lost a lot of players to this offseason. They lost Chandler Jones. I think that's a pretty big loss. 
um, you know, De DeAndre Hopkins is going to be suspended for six games. So that's another reason where the Kyler Murray is not going to have his number one target. But this is a team I just don't see a lot of high expectations for. I think they're going to struggle. And if you think about all the stuff that's been kind of going on behind the scenes with Kyler Murray's little tidbit in his contract saying that he has to watch like three or four hours of film a week and it, there, there's just a lot of things I think with the Cardinals and they're actually the team that's going to be the hard knocks team during the season which is going to be really interesting to see how that kind of works I'm kind of excited for that they have like Kyler Murray like calling plays during the preseason maybe that was Cliff Kingsbury to kind of show like hey my job is really hard like why don't you try it it doesn't seem like the team is kind of completely gelled together. So I do think there's the, the talents there. Like Kyler Murray, I do think is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And he can like alone win you some games. Like he's very good. He got his contract extension. Like say what you want about him. But the talent's there. He's proven to be a, a good quarterback throughout his first few seasons of his career. And Hollywood Brown, they traded a first round pick for him. They have the college connection. So I feel like Hollywood Brown's going to have a pretty big season. James Conner had a really big season last year. But again, Chandler Jones, I think, is a pretty big loss. Like their defense, if you like, kind of just look at their starting defense, it's not very good. JJ Watts there. You got Rashard Lawrence as your nose tackle, Zach Allen. You got Zaven Collins, who's really not shown a whole lot throughout his NFL career so far. You got Isaiah Simmons. Buda Baker is obviously a very good player. They just signed Jalen Thompson to a contract extension. And then you look at their corners, it's Marco Wilson, it's Byron Murphy, Trayvon Mullen, Christian Matthew, like not great. So this team, I do feel like a nine wins, I think is a little bit high for them, but I do have them winning eight games, kind of how I saw the schedule, but they're not a very good team. And I do feel like that this could be a season where Cliff Kingsbury is on the hot seat, like, I know he kind of transformed that offense and this offense is catered towards Kyler Murray's strengths. They're an air, air raid offense. Kyler Murray's been running that ever since he was in high school. So he's familiar with it, but I just don't, I've never been a big Cliff Kingsbury fan. And then I'm sure everybody and their mother has seen this stat where when it's games one through seven of the season, that Cliff Kingsbury is 42, 20 and one as a head coach. And then the rest of the year, he's 16 and 43. And the Cardinals are kind of known as that team that starts really hot and then just kind of falls off in the second half of the season. And I think we could see that again. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals look, look at themselves and say like, hey, like maybe we need to make a change. And with all this stuff that's been going on with the team, like I've mentioned, maybe they decide to do it. The talent is still not completely there. And I feel like that this team probably will lose more games than they did last season 11 wins was kind of a big season for them kind of a little bit of an outlier I think people had expectations for the Cardinals but I don't know if they had like 11 wins written down I do feel like eight wins is where I see them I could see them winning seven games six games like it could be a rough season but they have the quarterback they have some good personnel on offense and the defense losing Chandler Jones is a pretty big problem but I think they also had Hassan Reddick last season too. I could be completely wrong on that. Actually, no, Hassan Reddick was on the Panthers. What am I saying? But they have, I feel like there's going to be some uh, regression for this team. So I got them at eight and nine. You know, Cliff Kingsbury, I actually didn't know this. I was just looking this up right now. He was actually a quarterback 
and he played he got drafted by the Patriots yeah the sixth round of uh the 2003 draft kind of funny you know Tom Brady also drafted in the two uh, well drafted in the sixth round a few years earlier than that and uh his only two career passes were with the Jets in 2005 just a little tidbit to throw in there but Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach um look he has an explosive offense. I think we all know that. We've all seen that at this point. There's no doubting um, that offense, at least uh, for the majority of the season, for at least the first half of the season, there's no doubting it. Um, but then the second half he falls off. He had an under 500 record at Texas Tech, and he also had Patrick Mahomes there for a little bit. So, look, like I, I think, you know, it's really just looking at his offense, the the offense and the the potential that maybe his offense has that has really attracted a lot of people towards him. But when when you see just the fact that he went under 500 in college as a head coach and the NFL so far, like, you know, um, I mean, yeah, the Cardinals have somewhat turned it around under Cliff Kingsbury, um, but you know, there, there's been a lost opportunity. And after so many lost opportunities, after so many times choking, there are going to be consequences and you're probably going to be on the hot seat. So I think after this year, they will probably go in a different direction. He'll probably be gone as well. I mean, man, two, two teams done in this division, both of them so far of canned head coaches. So in, in our eyes after the season. So we'll see about the other two. There's more hope for I, those others. I would feel more confident that that's actually hard. I don't know who I would – who I would pick to get fired would be Pete Carroll or be Cliff Kingsbury. I think Pete Carroll retires rather than him getting fired. I could see Cliff Kingsbury getting fired though. If they, again, if they, their ex, if they don't match expectations and they lose like 10 games, 11 games, or I have them losing nine games, that's a real conversation. And maybe the Cardinals, you know, ownership and, front office is kind of like sick of Cliff Kingsbury continuing to squander the season. Like, obviously it's not completely his fault. Obviously there's a lot that kind of goes into it, but I mean, that record stands out and you lose 43 games after game seven and only win, I think it was 16, not very good. So that's something that could absolutely happen. But again, you have Kyler Murray. He can win you games. He's a very talented quarterback. You have some weapons. Hopkins will be coming back. If you can argue it's Kyler Murray's best array of weapons he's had throughout his entire career. So I feel like their offense will be good. But again, defensively, I'm not very high on them. They don't really wow me. They have some pretty good players like Buda Baker and maybe J.J. Watt can continue to contribute and he can be healthy, but I'm just not very high on this team either. So yeah, eight wins, seven wins however you want to slice it, they're going to disappoint this season. All right, so we both got them under the nine-win threshold that they have here, according to Vegas. Uh, so I guess we'll go on to the 49ers. Man, I've actually been waiting to talk about this team all week just because of everything that's happened recently. So Jimmy Garoppolo apparently is staying as a backup quarterback, which uh, that kind of came out of nowhere considering he's listed as a fourth-string quarterback like a week a few weeks back and then out of nowhere it's kind of just like yeah we're actually not going to trade him he signed a little extension we reached restructured his contract and we have a deal now uh and i think that is it's it's good for the 49ers to have this stability in jimmy garoppolo still being there however it's bad for the overall franchise because 
that means that they're really starting to doubt their decision to trade away three first round picks and like an additional third, fourth round pick, whatever it was for Trey Lance. Um, and I've said this multiple times, but Trey Lance has had the least amount of snaps in uh, college football history to be drafted in the first round as a quarterback. So, and he did not go to an Alabama. He did not go to an Oklahoma. He did not go to one of these powerhouse schools where they have, you know, everything made. He went to North Dakota state who is not facing that much uh, great competition every week. So because of that, um, I did have a little bit of a doubt um, about, you know, how he's going to be in the NFL and last season. I mean, I definitely saw the potential. I'm not going to lie. I did start to question my take a little bit because I did see the potential, but I did also see a lot of inconsistency, which maybe the 49ers have saw in camp and during preseason and they started to question, did we maybe make a mistake here? Um, Now, Jimmy Garoppolo, this situation is just so unique because Jimmy Garoppolo has gotten them to a Super Bowl and he's gotten, he's gotten them to the NFC championship uh like two times and basically out of his two healthy seasons that he's had there it's his two completely healthy seasons he's gotten them to the nfc championship basically both times uh, the other times he's been injured or something's come up and he hasn't really been able to complete the season um, for basically injuries the solution to jimmy garoppolo was spend five million dollars on a backup quarterback they did not do that they decided we're, we're gonna instead of you know Given him um, more more options and giving us more flexibility with a backup quarterback instead of going down, we're going to get Trey Lance, and uh, yeah, and and now it's starting to look more and more like the wrong move. Could this backfire? Could this take backfire? He's still young, uh, and the 49ers have him still starting week one. So yeah, there's a chance this backfires on me, but um, I think this is uh, this is showing that the 49ers may have some sort of regret there. Before we get into the 49ers season talk, do you have any? thoughts on this situation with Jimmy Garoppolo and how do you feel about it? I do. I do have thoughts about it. And yeah, when I first heard the news, I was definitely shocked by it. And I thought that was probably going to be the last outcome because I thought Jimmy Garoppolo was kind of done. He wasn't practicing with the team and whatever, everything that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have kind of said, like they were kind of done with Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, thanking him for what he's done with the team and, waiting for that scenario to come out when he is on a different team or they release him or whatever they decide to do with him. I really thought that was going to be it for Jimmy G, but maybe this was the best scenario for both sides. Maybe the 49ers had a little bit of trouble trading Jimmy Garoppolo because of his ridiculous cap hit. It was like 20 something million dollar cap hit. And then they obviously restructured the contract and made it six and a half million guaranteed. They made the cap hit lower. So I know it has a no trade clause right now, but I believe Jimmy Garoppolo can waive it if he so desires. So maybe in theory, it could make him more tradable and maybe he gets traded at some point this season. However, I feel like what that does to Trey Lance, I don't think is great. And there was actually a rumor that came out today that Trey Lance initially was a little bit annoyed by it, which I kind of understand because your, your team kind of puts you in this situation where you're viewed as the franchise guy. You have the full trust in the coaching staff, the team saying like, all right, Trey, you're ready. We're going to be, make you your, the guy on this team. And you sign the guy or you bring the guy back who took you to two straight NFC championship games, who has 
a lot of friends in that locker room. Like George Kittle loves Jimmy Garoppolo. Like the team loves Jimmy Garoppolo. And maybe like if Trey Lance doesn't have a hot start and he struggles, maybe the team says, okay, like we want Jimmy in there. Like the 49ers are not a rebuilding team. This is a team that just made the NFC championship last season. They have a plethora of great players on that team. They want to win now. And the moment that Trey Lance kind of stinks it up, if he does, this team might be like, we still got Jimmy on the team. We want Jimmy out there. And maybe the fans feel the same way. So I think it puts a lot of pressure on Trey Lance to kind of perform. And I do feel like that could not be a great thing for him. And I know he's kind of said in press conferences, like Jimmy's got my back, all these things, but the season hasn't started yet. We have to see how it kind of plays out, but Trey Lance is going to need a strong start to the season. And that could be, if he doesn't end up having a strong start to the season, there could be a lot of, people saying we want Jimmy in there and that could kind of destroy a kid's confidence like Trey Lance, who's still, I think he's probably the youngest starting quarterback in the NFL right now. So he's still got a long ways to go. Like you said, he hasn't played a whole lot of games. I do think the talent is there for Trey Lance. Like I think his intangibles and tools, he has it again. We just haven't seen it enough. So maybe he needs a little bit more time. He did have the entirety of last season to sit and learn the playbook. And he's in a very friendly quarterback system. So I do feel like Kyle Shanahan can figure it out with him. But again, having Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster, I don't love that. And we'll see what ends up happening with that. Yeah, the 49ers, you know, they're a very, uh, well, they have been over the last few years, a very competitive team. Made the Super Bowl, as I said, uh, once. Made the NFC Championship twice. Extremely competitive team. Uh, now, what do I think going forward of them? So. Look, like you see what the Rams did. They have not made a first round pick and they won't make a first round pick for a few years, but they were able to gain a lot of, you know, ready to win now players. Basically what they have done is they have spent three first rounders on a backup quarterback. I mean, I don't know what you really, you know, want me to say about them because it's just this guy might not be the future. You spent three first rounders on him, moved up, not that far to grab him. It's just, it's a mess, I think, um, and I think this may be something that hurts the 49ers going forward. Uh, you know, this situation is very similar, a, a little similar, I should say. It reminds me a lot of the Chiefs situation a few years ago where they had Alex Smith and they were making the playoffs every year. Um, and then, you know, they had Patrick Mahomes who they drafted um, and then, you know, they, they transitioned over to him. But the problem is that this, this doesn't happen often where you see a team that's ready to win a Super Bowl transition over to a young quarterback you barely see this and with the Chiefs I think there's an exception there because Patrick Mahomes obviously as we know is a top three quarterback if not the best quarterback in the league right now and Trey Lance has not shown us that he is capable of doing that yet um, and because of that I really don't know if I can see this team uh, progressing they I think they've almost hit their ceiling already and I could see them start to backtrack very slowly I still think they're going to get at least nine wins, um, but they're going to be over 500. I have no doubt. Um, but what I could see happening is that, you know, maybe their defense is uh, a little bit slower this year. Their offense, um, Debo Samuel is still there, obviously great talent, but maybe the quarterback situations uh, persist and Trey Lance isn't their guy. They fall off with wins and they go down to nine, 10 wins, you know, um, 
and and they don't really progress at all in the playoffs if they make the playoffs. So you know, I'm I'm gonna go the under here. I'm gonna say nine wins, which may uh, really shock some people, but it's just it's just my lack of faith in Trey Lance that's really you know kind of hammering them down. Wow, <laughs> I'm kind of a little bit of the opposite. Um, I this is gonna be a hot take, but I think the 49ers win the division over the Rams. I'll tell you why when we get to the Rams, but I think, right. listen, I think the 49ers last season, they were a 10 win team again, made it to the NFC championship game. Trey Lance. I just feel like that Kyle Shanahan is going to figure this thing out. Like he is, I would say a top five coach in the NFL or borderline top five coach. He is in, in a quarterback friendly system. Trey Lance, I think provides a dynamic that Jimmy Garoppolo can't. The arm, he has a way better arm than Jimmy G. You have the rushing ability, which can provide fits to teams. So, yes, it depends on Trey Lance if he can develop. But, again, he's had a whole year to sit. I'm not going to be one of those people that picks Trey Lance when the dark horse MVP. Like, everyone's like, oh, Trey Lance is the dark horse MVP. We've seen it with Mahomes. We've seen it with Lamar. Like, these quarterbacks that come out of nowhere. I mean, it can happen, but. I mean, I don't know if I'm completely sold on that fact yet. I think there's still some things that Trey Lance needs to work on. Maybe he worked on it this offseason. The practices have been kind of up and down for him. But enough about Trey Lance. Like, just talking about the roster as a whole, the running game, it doesn't even matter if you put the worst running back in the NFL back there. It just seems like that they always kind of find ways to play well. Elijah Mitchell, I know he's dealing with some injuries right now, but – you have Jeff Wilson, you have Jordan Mason, Tyrion Davis-Price. Like, these are guys that are probably going to end up, like, at some point playing this season, and they'll probably play well. Like, usually the 49ers kind of figure that out. Debo Samuel's back. That's huge. He was possibly the most dynamic player in football last season, playing running back, playing receiver. He was an absolute monster, and I do feel like that he can continue that. Brandon Ayuk was at, in the doghouse at the beginning of the season, but then he really started to click at the end of the season. So I think he'll carry that momentum. George Kittle, you can make an argument, is the best tight end in the NFL. Like, he just does everything well, walking wise, after the catch. He's just a complete package at the tight end position. He is so fun to watch. So I think Kittle, he's going to end up doing his thing. You got Trent Williams. He was the best offensive lineman in the NFL last season. He was the best tackle. He was moving people. He was getting out in space, just an absolute freak of nature. Uh, you got Mike McGlinchey, who's there. He's still a pretty solid right tackle. And then kind of looking at it, you have the defensive side, Nick Bosa. Honestly, he feels like someone that could win defensive player of the year. He had a really good season last year. He was could have been an argument that he should have won comeback player of the year over Joe Burrow, but the, the award winners, so the, the voters gave Burrow the award, which is, he's well-deserving of it as well. But Nick Bosa had an unbelievable season. I think he led the NFL in tackles for loss and he had 15 and a half sacks or 16 and a half sacks, something ridiculous. Eric Armstead's there. I know he's dealing with some injuries. You got Fred Warner, who's a top five line middle linebacker in the NFL. So they usually have a pretty good defense and they have some very good players. I think the 49ers win 11 games and maybe that's a little bit high. I know there's a little bit of stuff going on, which we mentioned with Jimmy G and Trey Lance. I just feel like this team, I think feels like they can always figure it out. They're always a good team and we'll get into the Rams, but I do have some concerns about the Rams as well. And I just feel like the 49ers, this is going to be the year they win the division. So 11 and six. 
So I would like to hear about your worries with the Rams. However, at the same time, I, I'm going to fall short of saying that they're going to run it back because I don't think that they're going to make the Super Bowl. Uh, I do think they'll fall short. But I do think they're going to win this division. Look, they still have Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is a beast. They still have Matthew Stafford. Concerns about his arm are there because uh, I've seen in the offseason he had some some injuries he was dealing with or something along those lines. But um, they, they still have Matthew Stafford, still have a franchise quarterback. That's really important. Uh, still have Cooper Cup. That's, that's another important piece. You know, their running back situation, they have uh, two guys there that are very capable runners in uh, Cam Akers and also Daryl Henderson. Um, I really like this team. They have Jalen Ramsey, I believe, still. They, they have a lot of uh, really well-known defensive players. I think the big loss really was Vaughn Miller, but, um, you know, they, 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 they got other guys there. I think they'll figure it out on defense. I'm not too concerned. I think Sean McVay is a genius. He knows what he's doing. Um, and really, I think the big the big concern this year is just it's just health, really, just keeping everybody healthy, because they if they keep people healthy this year, they keep the personnel healthy. I think they'll be all right. Um, but I would like to hear about your concerns with the Rams and what what you're doubting with them. I mean, let's start things off with. I mean, you already mentioned it, but Matthew Stafford elbow kind of scares me. And the way they've been kind of talking about it is. It's, I think it's tendonitis in his elbow. They've been kind of talking about it in some aspects. It's like Tommy John surgery in like baseball or Tommy John injury in baseball. And it kind of worries me a little bit because if Stafford, if that's going to get worse throughout the season, like, which I would assume that it probably could if he keeps throwing the ball as many times as he is and the elbow gets more and more weaker or hurts more and maybe he ends up missing the entirety of the season at some point. Like those are my, those are real concerns. And outside of Matthew Stafford, the team has Bryce Perkins and John Wolford as their backup quarterback. So not very good. And I think that's one huge concern I have is Matthew Stafford staying healthy because I, I don't feel like they're, they're positive reports that are coming out of Rams camp, in my opinion. And, I feel like they're kind of downplaying it a little bit, but this could be a real concern for them. And then looking at the uh, and looking at the team as a whole, like they lost some players this offseason. Odell, he was a huge part of that team. He's not back yet. Andrew Whitworth, who retired, was still a very, 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 very good offensive lineman. And now he's gone. And right now your starting left tackle is Joe, Joe Notebloom, Noteboom. Like he's not terrible, but he's not. Um, Andrew Whitworth level, and then Austin Corbett. So that's another guy you lost in the offensive line. Sebastian Joseph Day, you lost him to same city rival Chargers, and he was one of the better interior defensive linemen in terms of stopping the run in the NFL. Vaughn Miller, you traded for him last season. He's gone as well, and he was a huge part in that Super Bowl run. Darius Williams, a guy that plays on the opposite side of Jalen Ramsey, is gone as well. So I think with that all being said, and I think the Rams are still a good team. Like you still have Matthew Stafford as a now healthy, so he'll still win you games. Maybe the Rams trade for a quarterback or sign somebody in the event of that happening. You still have Cooper Cup, who had the greatest wide receiver season of all time. Allen Robinson, I do feel like, is going to bounce back. He was someone who played very poorly last year for the Bears, but honestly, I just feel like he didn't want to be there. And the offense kind of really didn't want to get him involved. You got Van Jefferson, who's a solid wide receiver three. 
you still have Tyrell Higby. You obviously still have the best defensive player in the league in Aaron Donald. Bobby Wagner, you signed him. Like, he's a veteran guy. He's been there for a while in the NFL. But I do feel like that he's kind of starting to fall off a little bit, especially in coverage. I feel like he's not that great. You still have Jalen Ramsey, who is an unbelievable player as well. So you still have some good players, but I do feel like they lost some guys. I don't think they're going to, like, fall off a cliff. If Matthew Stafford were to miss a lot of time, I do see them losing more games than they have them right now. But I don't think they're going to win the division this year. I actually have them winning 10 games, which is not like a crazy drop off. But last season, I think they won 12 games. So losing two more at 10, I could even see them winning nine games if things really go bad. But this team just made it to the Super Bowl and they still have a very good team. They still have one of the best coaches in the NFL. You can argue might be the best head coach in the league right now who can figure things out and has a phenomenal system. They're still going to be running that same offense. They're still going to be a good offense. You still have some good players on defense, but I just feel like that the expectations for the Rams to to repeat should be taken back a little bit. I just feel like there's still some real concerns I have with this team. So I'm going to be generous and give them 10 wins, but don't be surprised if it's, if it's going to end up being more games they lose. Yeah, I, I still think the Rams are going to be good. I think they're going to win the division still if I had to, you know, take one of them as the division winner. Um, but I will say, obviously, if Matthew Stafford is hurt, all of this goes right out the window, and I do not think they're going to win the division. Um, you know, the, this division a few years ago was definitely very high quality, definitely one of the best divisions in sports. They've fallen off a little bit in its entirety, but um, I still think overall Rams are the best team in this division. The over-under is 10.5, as I said. I think they're going to hit the over, and uh, I think it's going to go 11 wins. But, again, it's going to be uh, – it's going to really be dependent on Matthew Stafford's health. Yeah, and that's a, one of the most important things. And, again, they lost a lot of guys. They got to kind of retool a little bit, and they could be the team that figures it out, and they surprise people and make it there again. There's a lot of great teams. But, yeah, I think that's going to be it for this week's episode. We did it. We finished every single division in the NFL. Again, go check out all the other ones if you haven't already. I'm so excited for the NFL season. We open up with Rams versus Bills on Thursday night football. And yeah, that's it for this week's episode of Rough in the Basket. Thank you guys so much for all of your support. Thank you for listening to all these episodes. I'm sure we're going to get into some basketball too as the season gets closer. But right now it's football season. And we got the NFL starting this week, so we're very excited about it. But thank you guys so much for listening to Rough in the Basket this week. You guys can follow us on Twitter at Rough the Basket. You can follow us on Instagram at Rough in the Basket. You can follow us or follow me on Twitter at BCar underscore 13. And you can follow Noah on Instagram at mburnt37. Noah, do you got anything for the people this week? I do. Chris Strebler, man. I don't know if you heard about this guy. He's the Jets fourth string quarterback. Uh, he killed it in the preseason, had like four touchdowns, zero interceptions, three game-winning drives. Pretty crazy stuff. He was cut. He is on their practice squad now. But you know something? Um, if Matthew Stafford goes down or if any other teams out there needs a quarterback, pick, the, pick this guy up. He's a monster. He's built like a like a linebacker or something. I mean, this this dude is 27 years old, but could be the future. All right, so Noah's the first person on the planet to be high on Chris Strebler. Is that his name, Chris Strebler? Chris Strebler, yeah. Hey, there's Chris. other people, man. He had a crazy preseason. That's all I got to say. 
All right, so if Matthew Stafford goes down, Chris Trevor is taking the Rams to the Super Bowl. So thank you guys so much for listening to Rock in the Basket this week, and we will see you guys next time. Peace.